Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by Chopper P. Quinnell. Hello. Hi, P. Hi. How's it going, bud? Not too bad. How about you? Pretty good. Big, good. bit of a stressful day today. Yeah. With uh, Ollie off uh, on his bachelor party in Ireland. Everything's chaos when Ollie's not here. Well, yeah, I mean, it's because <laughs> I have to run the show and I'm not very good at my job. So, unfortunately, everything <laughs> starts to fall apart. Like, I had to do my news to say. And, like, to be honest, everything was fine until Uber Eats. Mm. Oh, until Uber Eats messed I, I was, We were flying. Everything yeah. was running so smoothly. Was Everything was going fine. I'd finished doing my news. I'd, fi- I'd done all my images and stuff. I ordered my food while I could do some admin stuff. And I was like, cool. Once this food arrives, which will be in half an hour, I can eat that. Me and Pete can go record the weekend ramble. Mm-hmm. Hey, everything's fine. We've got to edit that and explore it. But it's fine because we've got time to do that. And then. And then. And then. I get a uh, message from Uber saying, like, enjoy your food. It's been delivered. <laughs> And I'm there, sat at my desk, looking around me, going like, <laughs> has it? Because I can't see it. Yeah. So I think the driver, despite my instructions to call me when he arrived, just gave it to someone else. Probably. So I then had to, because I need to eat something, I had to reorder, and we've had to split the recording of this bloody Ramble Club. <clears throat> Wrestle Ramble episode, which means now we're delayed in the editing of it, which means I'm delayed in the posting of it, which means we're delayed in the other bits of recording that we need to do, which means I'm delayed in the editing of that as well. It's had a big old knock-on effect that I need mm-hmm. to do before we shut down for the day. Yep. So, F you, driver. <laughs> Mr. Driver Mr. Man. Mr. Driver Man. Maybe I'm actually going to find his name. I'm going to name and shame him oh, on yes. this episode. Where are Please we? Please do. Where's my orders? Sort of Googling live on air. Sort of Googling live on air. Was it this one? Rate and tip. Oh, you're not going to get a, <laughs> gonna get a, a, courier, a good courier rating, are you? <laughs> oh, I, think I think they've removed it. There was so much venom when you said that. Yeah, I think, you're not going to get a good rating. I think Douglas was the one who actually delivered my food fine. I had to reorder it. Ugh. Temple of Satan, it was very nice. Anyway, yes. uh, but you and I, uh, while you folks are listening to this podcast, we are mm. in, and I actually am going to say sunny, sunny Birmingham because we're going to. it's the hottest day in the UK. It's going to be the hottest weekend and we're going to be... 
Indoors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be looking at board games because yes. we are massive nerds. Yeah, we're going to be at the UK Games Expo in Birmingham with El Fakador and a few of our friends. And we are going to be indoors in a place that has no windows. Can't wait. On the hottest day of the year. It is going to be swelteringly awful in there because it will just be a lot of B.O. Yep. There's a lot of sweat going on. Mm-hmm. It's going to be epic. Yep. And you know what as well? I packed earlier with the intention that I would be not going back home before I uh, head up to Birmingham. Forgot to pack shorts. Oh, mate. I know. It's awful. You know what else I forgot to pack? My toothbrush. Oh, mate. Do you know what else I forgot to pack? My phone charger. Oh, mate. <laughs> I've had an absolute shocker this morning. Dear it's been me. awful. Not having internet is really messing you up, I know, it? yeah. <laughs> I've still not got internet in my flat, and it is messing with my head. I, I think, as well, this morning, I was... I was barely walking, like, because I, I, I mentioned it on the uh, on the main podcast, but uh, I went to uh, to CrossFit yesterday, Brag. which is, it's, it, it was awful. Uh, no, it was fun afterwards because I felt good because I'd exercised and I hadn't done any form of proper exercise in years at this point. Um, but I actually did some exercise and it was okay. Um, but this morning, though, my body didn't like it. Mm. So I was stumbling around my entire flat. It was all, my legs are in a lot of pain currently. I uh, um, yeah. I mean, so I, th- I think I messed with my head a little bit when I was packing my stuff. I so. woke up this morning, desperate to go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If my phone wasn't on the other side of the room, I would have fallen asleep for another hour. Mm-hmm. I was very very fortunate that yeah. I, was, I got up so I could do my news. <laughs> yeah. um, but I forgot my lunch. That's actually one of the other really irritating <laughs> parts about all of this. I had lunch. <laughs> I had lunch that I forgot yesterday, but me and my wife forgot hers as well. And we were like, but it's fine. Yeah. Because we'll have it on Friday. Not Friday. Lovely stuff. <laughs> I forgot it again. I forgot it again. And I realized while I was on the tube and I was like, I was like, you absolute coin. You absolute <laughs> moron. <laughs> I've not heard coin used as a self-insult. That's great. It's from, uh, I can't take credit for it. It's a John Robbins thing. It's his... Uh, it's a radio-friendly version of calling yourself the C-word. You oh, absolute nice. coin. You coin. Absolute coin. I think weapon is probably one of my favorite. Oh, you absolute you unit. Absolute weapon. <laughs> weapon. Love it. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, so I forgot my lunch again, and which means I had to go through Uber Eats. And they messed me up. Yep. So very, very unhappy with those. But anyway, we've got so much to do today now, and it's half past three. Uh. Here's the show. As you might have guessed, we're probably going to be talking... Well, I say we probably are. We are going to be talking about that John Moxley interview he did on Talk Is Jericho, where he very openly talked about his leaving WWE, his decision to leave WWE, and his creative frustrations within WWE in sort of like the last 18 months of his time there. I mean, what did you think of the interview from the start? Oh, it was fascinating, wasn't it? Oh, it was amazing because a lot of the things that he said, I think a lot of wrestling fans had thought for a long time, and to hear it come from him, to hear it come from Moxley himself just kind of confirms everything that wrestling fans were thinking. And he was saying things about, you know, saying the uh, lines against Roman Reigns and his leukemia. And he was saying things about getting injections in the butt and all that stuff. And it was all the stuff that fans had been frustrated with, he was also frustrated with. And yeah. it was it was really, like, fascinating to have that peek behind the curtain in that sense. Because sometimes 
there's a lot of things that fans are frustrated at with wrestlers, and they're like, oh, no, I had great fun doing that. It doesn't, it's fine. It's whatever. But then there's things like this, when Moxley is really, really frustrated, and he did not hold back. He certainly didn't hold back. Like, it's funny, because the start of the podcast is very much a case of he'll, he'll be like, you know, look, I, I really enjoyed my... I'm not going to, you know, uh, the company gave me a big platform. I got paid very well. Was any other, and I, you know, I enjoyed my time there. Had, with that said, let's bury them for the next two hours. <laughs> that was a great line. It was a really, really good line. But yeah, you're right. It's funny as well. I kind of mentioned this on the NXT podcast, but all the stuff that Moxley was talking about in the show, the sort of like frustrations with the talent and the frustrations with the creative process and the frustrations with Vince McMahon kind of micromanaging everything, is what Dave Meltzer and Mike Johnson and Pro Wrestling Torch and WrestleVotes and all of these places have been reporting for the last couple of years. Yeah. But a lot of people have written that off and been like, ah, it's just dirt sheets, it's mm -hmm. just this, because I think that a lot of fans have been conditioned by Pritchard to think the dirt sheets are just making stuff up to get you to read it because then people are like, well, he's on the inside, so he would know. Mm -hmm. And then you actually have a guy like Moxley come out and be like, yeah, no, what they're saying is right. Yeah. And everything they've been reporting is true. And everything that you as fans think we are struggling with backstage is correct. Mm -hmm. uh, Moxley outright says, your creative process sucks. And that's his big challenge at the end of it. It's like, I challenge Vince McMahon to change the process because the process sucks. Just do it better. Yeah, what he's saying. Literally, <laughs> just do it better. And it kind of goes back to this line that Vince always kept saying, like, ah, oh, it's, it's good poop. Like, you yeah. know, it's in the S word. It's good S word. It's good S word. And it's funny as well because Pritchard uses that line a lot mm -hmm. as well. So that really must be like a, a true Vinceism. Yeah. That he'll just like, oh. That's good S. Yeah. That's it, good S. This is going to be the greatest promo you've ever cut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And see, like, the crux of this is that, like, Vince's creative process sucks. And Vince will often rewrite things. He'll rewrite scripts once they've been done. Like, mm -hmm. so you'll get a promo and you'll kind of run through that promo in the writer's room. And then you will try and make changes to that promo. And then you'll go back and you'll see a new version of that script that's got VKM written on it. And once that's there, you know it can't be changed. Yeah. That means that Vince has rewritten the promo himself, and that is it. Yeah. And Ambrose's point, Ambrose, Muxley's point was, don't hire wrestlers then. Just hire yeah. actors, <laughs> because they're probably going to do this better than I can. Exactly. And that's another thing that fans have been saying for, for a long time. And I, I guess listening to this, it was just kind of all of us were just like Captain Holt from uh, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine just going, VINDICATION! Because <laughs> we, we're right about something for once. Um, but it, it's that kind of thing where we just say, well, Vince has written it. That's it, you're done. And yeah. it's like, he's completely right. If there's no there's if there's no creative license, what's the point in hiring people that can think about their own characters? What's the point in hiring people that are really great in-ring wrestlers when the wrestling doesn't matter and it's all about the promos? Hire actors then. He's got a perfect point. Like, it makes no difference whether you've got the best in-ring technician in the world if they can't cut a pooper scooper joke. Like, <sighs> Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get to the pooper scooper bit in a minute, but like, I, he kind of tells various different stories about his frustrations with the creative process. And I found one of them to be very interesting, which was he was talking about uh, when he was babyface when he was in like full-on wacky Dean mm -hmm. era. The, the era of Moxley that I think a lot of people kind of hold against him. Yeah. It's funny, like when Moxie debuted for AEW, I did actually have a few people get in touch with me on Twitter and and, and various other places being like, well, what's the big deal? No one likes Dean Ambrose anyway. I thought we didn't, <laughs> didn't like Dean Ambrose. And I'm like, and I, and I thought about it, I was like, 
Well, I mean, you're kind of right, because for the last couple of years, we've had Wacky Dean, and mm-hmm. then we had him out for a while. We really enjoyed the stuff he did with Seth when they were kind of like reforming the shield. Then he went out with his injury, and when he came back, we were like, oh, cool, it's Prison Dean. His, this is cool. And then he had the heel turn. Jai still to this day defend. I think the heel turn was the it was a really smart thing to do. Yeah. Because, yeah, it sucked that we had to have that Roman announcement, but all of a sudden it, it was like, right, and let's get back to the wrestling. We've had our sad little moment now, but like this is a wrestling show. Let's do the wrestling. And there was some interesting stuff in there of like of Dean Ambrose incorrectly challenging uh, channeling his rage. He was angry about the Roman situation and taken out on Seth. And you mm-hmm. had Seth being like, dude, it's okay, it's fine. But that all just fell off a cliff. Yeah. Like, it all just dissipated and became about him being like, you fans suck, you fans never liked me, you fans smell, I need to get injections, I need to wear a gas mask. And we all were like, this is rubbish. And then randomly, just turned babyface one week, and that was it. Then he was at the door. Because he can. That, that was it. They just turned and bare your face because they had given up on the entire storyline. Yeah. Just said, nah, let's just drop it. Exactly. And so that, I think there's kind of like a lot of ill will towards Ambrose there. I mean, a lot of people kind of like cheering him as a hero because he was leaving. Mm. But there's a lot of that like two year period where we're like, oh, I'm sick of Wacky Dean, sick of Wacky Dean. And then he became heel Wacky Dean and was really, really sick of it. But he, one of the stories he tells from that Wacky Dean period is where he got to TV and he was given this promo about what he had done that day. <laughs> and what he had done that day was stuff that he would never have done. And it's all this like stupid stuff like eating pizza with homeless people and all this kind of like garbage stuff. Yeah. And the story tells that he went to Vince and were like, I, why am I saying this? And Vince is like, oh, it's good S. Like, this, yeah. this is what you do. This is this is who you are. This you, is you. This is you. You can't lose with this. And Mark's like, oh, so I'm an idiot. Yeah. Like, no, 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 you're not an idiot. You're, you're this. So Vince never understood what his character was. Not he thought he's Wacky Dean. Yeah. And, and that's it. And once again, another thing that we've been saying for a long time is Vince is out of touch. Vin, Vince doesn't understand the characters that he's got. And it's another another case where we're just like, see, this is it. This is what we're talking about. That's exactly it. Yeah, and he's like, Mox says that he's got this. Vince has a Jedi mind trick. Yeah, that, this was am- this was fascinating. I found this to be so interesting. Yeah. Of like you'll go like storming into Vince's office, being like, "This is crap. This is crap. This is crap." And but he has a way of at the end of it, you're like, "Maybe it's not as bad as I think." And you kind of walk out, and then you do it, and you're like, "Oh no, it was as bad it, as I thought. It was terrible. I was right." Yeah, yeah you should always really trust your gut instinct, but. Uh, Vince McMahon has magical powers that override gut instincts, apparently. So, apparently so yeah. yeah. And so I've got, we've kind of got a bit of a breakdown of the podcast, like beat by beat, which we're not going to go through beat by beat, but we'll no. sort of talk about like the, the, the big overarching aspects of this. And he talks about that promo there. But the other one was this, the, the Pooper Scooper promo, mm. which is where he turned up to TV and he had six different promo segments that had to be done. Which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. In and of itself. In of itself, absolutely. But one of the promos was he had to go out and insult the audience of LA. And he, the line that the writer, an actual writer, gave to him. A professional writer. And this isn't Vince. This isn't Vince writing. This was a professional writer within WWE. Mm -hmm. Wrote for him, I wouldn't come out to LA without a pooper scooper. Yeah. Or words to that effect. Like, Moxley can't remember the exact verbiage of it, but it was yeah. Pooper Scooper was the main thing. Mm-hmm. And he has this amazing line where he's like, 
Vince will turn nouns into props. Yeah. You've got to avoid nouns. And it's so true. We've seen it so many times. When someone's just said a line and then like the next week after that, they'll come out with that thing and be like, look, it was this thing that I said last week. Case in point is this because Moxley managed to get it changed from pooper scooper to gas mask. Mm -hmm. What does he show up with the following week? A bloody gas mask. mask. That became part of his character. It was exactly right. And he had every reason to be suspicious about that line and he knew what it would lead to so he had to change it yeah it was yeah so absolutely ridiculous he also says there was a promo that he was meant to cut that featured a line about roman's leukemia so he was against using roman's leukemia Mm. from the get-go and which we kind of like talked about on the show a little bit when we were doing the wrestle ramble reviews of raw saying like it feels a bit like bit on the nose yeah. but Vince's rationale behind it according to Moxley was we need to keep Roman part of the story mm-hmm. which to be honest I still think is fair enough Yeah, I just think that it's you needed to use Moxley's anger of Roman having leukemia to fuel his character as opposed to I turned heel because Roman has leukemia exactly and he's a bad person because of that yeah there's a line between and that, that's again what Vince doesn't understand about the character there's a line between being bad because someone has cancer and using that as part of a story. If you want to keep Roman part of the story, that's fine. Include him in subtle ways. Don't be like, Roman is bad. <laughs> Leukemia, haha, sucks to be you. Like, that's it, yeah. He's, like, his rationale was Roman got leukemia because of all the bad stuff that we did, which I don't really like. I, I, it felt a bit hackneyed and a little bit, a bit on the nose. Yeah, it really and, did. But there was one line apparently that the writers had given him and Vince had given him that Moxie would just flat out refuse to say. I would not like to think what that line is. It was a line but... that was so bad he wouldn't even say it on Jericho's podcast. Mm-hmm. And he said that if we'd have done it, the writer would have been fired yeah. and we would have lost sponsors. Yeah. I can't even imagine what that line like, was. Because we already heard some pretty bad stuff on the shows. Mm. If it was worse than that, yeah. that's got to be horrible. That's got to be like wishing death upon someone or something to to that effect because that's got to be like really, really bad. Bearing in mind as well, one of like WWE's key partnerships is with Susan G. Komen. Exactly. Like... So don't have these sorts of yeah, you do, just, on your you wrestling You can't show. do that. <laughs> um, but he said that... It's funny as well. Uh, I remember... When the, the story came out of Ambrose leaving, mm. it was Pro Wrestling Torch were the first people to report it. Credit to uh, Wade Keller for getting the story out first. Um, Meltzer followed it up by saying, I've heard the same thing. And the key he doesn't like is he doesn't like doing hokey S-word. Yeah. And Moxie effectively says that in this interview where he calls it goofy crap. Yeah. It's the exact same wording, the exact same verbiage. So Meltzer was on the money. Yep. When he had this report. But it, there's a great, great quote here from uh, uh, Ambrose, sorry, from Moxley mm-hmm. in the uh, in this interview where he says, talking about like how he went to Vince's office to complain about a promo that he'd been given. And he just sort of had to wait outside Vince's office because apparently this is like a weekly thing. You go to Vince's office, you have to wait outside because he's got meetings with 20 other people. And he's... No doubt other wrestlers complaining about their promos. <laughs> oh, yeah, quite. And he said, and this is the quote, leaning on a road case and feeling exhaustion. Actual physical and emotional exhaustion. Not so much because of that day, but because of six years of this. Six years of having to go to this man's office, this old man, and trying to explain to him why wearing a surgical mask is a stupid idea, why carrying a little red wagon to the ring is a stupid idea. I was done. 
That is... You feel terrible for Moxley. Coming out at the end of this podcast, you feel awful for Moxley and all the things that he's had to go through for that because I personally can't relate to... Well, I I can relate somewhat because I've been burnt out by various things before. Not to the extent where I've done them for six years, though, and had to go every single week to do the same thing time and time again. It must be horrible for him. For, for, for someone who has such a passion for this industry, someone who has such a huge amount of inspiration, yeah, yeah. and someone who's so creative as he is, to have that completely just cut off and be like, no, you're doing this. Yeah. It's got to be horrible for him. I mean, you, you, as you say, you feel bad for him, and you feel relieved that he's kind of out there. Yeah, Because he, like, he says, like, I'm the happiest I've ever been yeah. now. You know, I'm at the apex of my career. But he talks about, like, when he was working for WWE, feeling physically sick every single Monday and just lying in bed and staring at the ceiling because you have that, that pit in your stomach of being like, I, I don't want to go to work. And I've been in jobs where I've had that, where I've woken yeah. up Monday morning. Actually, I mean, I've, on Sunday, yeah. I remember it was a previous job I had a, a few years back where I was, I remember me and my, my then girlfriend, now wife, were watching something. All of a sudden, all I could think about was going to work on Monday. Yeah. And I just like, I just sort of froze up and I, I said, I don't want to go. I cannot go to this job tomorrow. Yeah. But I was in an unfortunate position where I could go to that job and be like, yeah. I'm off, lads. <laughs> yeah. I've had enough of this. I'm mentally and physically exhausted by this job and yeah. I'm, I've got to be out. This poor man was under contract for like X amount of years exactly. and had to sort of like just suffer through this so it, it kind of sucks but as I say like it's it's almost relief that, he, that yeah, he's out of it. exactly this. at the end and then he's like and then you remember at the end he's like he's an aw now yay that's great <laughs> and he has this moment where he talks about how wwe stops you being a wrestling fan like it drives out that passion and he talks about how like him cody when he was in wwe which is when he was doing the stardust gimmick would applying his makeup would just sit there and have the network on his ipad and would just watch old wrestling we'd watch an old wcw show an old 80s nwa show or something like that and moxley would go in there and just watch it with him and the two of them would just talk like they're wrestling fans but he says you counter that to vince vince isn't a wrestling fan anymore it would seem like and and he said you know he's been doing this now for 40 years so maybe his passion has gone for wrestling and you kind of get that feeling, particularly with him selling a lot of his shares to get money to launch his football passion project that he's now had for 20 years. Yeah, that's exactly what the phrase I was going to use. The XFL is his passion project. WWE is his thing that he has to do. That That's his Monday 9 to 5 that he has to get up for that he doesn't want to do anymore. Yeah. But he's got to do it because he's got such a, a responsibility in the company. But then you counter that, though. If you think that he's lost his passion and he doesn't really want to do that anymore, and he's got his passion project with the XFL. Why does he micromanage everything? Like, well, yeah, I mean, it turns out, I, I guess the way it is, is that Vince wants it done a certain way, and he thinks that he knows best. Yeah, and it's that the Pro Wrestling Torch article that came out a couple of weeks ago from that writer that said. WWE isn't writing for the WWE universe. It's writing for an audience of one, and that one man is Vince McMahon. He's the only person that matters in that company. If he likes it, then everything is fine. But But you can't do anything unless... It's to his specific requirements. Moxie talks about how like they'll do an angle or they'll finish a show and he'll walk backstage and he's like, that was awful, that sucked, but everyone is high-fiving each other. And I can picture Michael Hayes in particular (laughs) going like, good job, boss, we got it, we nailed that one again. What another good show that we did. And it is just, 
it's like Punk said in 2014, he surrounds himself with yes men. Mm-hmm. Surrounds himself with people who just go like, oh, it's, you know, it's the uh, John Laurinaitis. John Laurinaitis, yeah. What a great show, boss. You did an amazing job on that. I love working for this company. Yeah. And that's how WWE is. Apparently, you know, and it's it, this isn't now Meltzer saying it. It's not Mike Johnson saying it. It's not Wade Keller saying it. This is someone who was at the top of WWE, a man who was definitely considered to be one of the top stars of that company, coming out and saying, it is a terrible creative process. And as a wrestler, you have no creative input, not only on your promos or your storylines, your matches. Yeah. Because they have producers and they have these agents who map out the matches for you and say, go out and do this. Yeah. And again, to his point, I'm not an actor. I'm a wrestler. I'm a creative guy. I want to have my own creative moments in this. Mm -hmm. So no wonder we're watching Raw and SmackDown and watching these template matches that are just the same thing on repeat. WWE, watching Raw and SmackDown matches, occasionally you'll get a match that's like a Ricochet versus Cesaro where it's like, oh my God, this is completely different. Mm -hmm. Or you'll get something that's like, whoa, where did this come from? Every other match, it's like Scooby-Doo. Plant pot, picture frame, plant pot, picture frame, just running past it. See, the thing is, the the thing that makes those matches so special, Ricochet and Cesaro and things like that, is because every other match is the same. So when we get something that's even slightly different, we're like, oh my God, best thing ever. (laughs) Best match in WWE history. Like, we go crazy because we're so conditioned to seeing the same match week in and week out, every single match. It is... It's soul-draining. That's what it is. Yeah, it is absolutely soul-draining. So that's certainly from the creative side of thing. I would say that Moxley is 100% on the money. That WWE's creative process sucks. If Particularly if this is the way that it's running. And we we should preface this with an if. Because this is one man's story. Mm -hmm. There is perhaps another side to this tale. I don't think there is. But perhaps (laughs) there is another side to this tale. It's most likely that there is a, but yeah. let's let's play devil's advocate. Yep. There could be another side. Let's to Pritchard this. this one. Let's Pritchard this. Yeah. There's always two sides to a story. Mm. So that's the creative side of this. The other side, and I found this story to be very very interesting as well within the 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 story he was telling, and it's the story about EC3. Oh God. And it's so funny because I was there, kind of recalling all of this EC3 yep. stuff as he was talking about it. Yeah. EC3 called up in 2018. Had no idea what they were doing with him. Had It was just a panic. We need to do some call-ups. Here's six NXT people. Yep. What are we doing with them? I don't know. Just do stuff. Don't know what we're doing. Well, put them on TV. They're on their way to WWE. But And it took like six weeks for them to do actually anything with them. They were just yeah. playing the same videos over and over again. And they... Uh, EC3 was a guy who was a mute for a while. And then he was on Alexa Bliss's segment. Yeah. Then he did get into a feud with Ambrose. And he beat Ambrose. (laughs) He beat Dean Ambrose when Ambrose was still a heel. And he beat him in a couple of minutes. Yep. And it was like his first match on the main roster. I think it was his first match on the main roster. And it was this big like thing. It's like, whoa, EC3 just beat Dean Ambrose, a former WWE champion. Maybe we're going to get some momentum going for EC3 here. Mm -hmm. Problem was, is that WWE had announced that Moxley was leaving. Yeah. They did put out that unprecedented press release to say, Dean Ambrose is leaving WWE. Excuse me, is leaving WWE when his contract expires. So, Dean Ambrose and EC3 then have to do this match on the house show loop. As you would do, because you're building a feud around them. Yeah. And Dean is still working heel, EC3 is working babyface, and Moxley says, I was doing everything I could to get the crowd to boo me. But I was a hero, because I'm leaving WWE, so I'm escaping this place, and I'm cheered as the biggest babyface on the show. 
So you think, so you're a company, right? You get these house show reports back. What do you suppose, what do you think when you get that report back? <laughs> what, the Moxley has a baby face and EC3 can't get cheered? That one. <laughs> what, what What do you do with that? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe separate him in a feud or turn Moxley baby face. Yeah, like, uh, something, like, you would look at that and be like, well, okay, well, this makes sense, I guess, because we yeah. announced that Dean is leaving, mm -hmm. so he's going to get this sort of reaction. We really should have seen this coming. Maybe it's a bit of an error on our part, but we'll work something out. Maybe we can use this to turn easy. He was a heel anyway. We were kind of, yeah. his video package presents him as a heel. He was a heel in oh, NXT. So let's like, we could probably do that. something with this. No, it's EC3's fault. Yeah, it's easy it three's fault. You couldn't get over as a baby face. So Moxley beats him. Ambrose beats him on TV in a couple of minutes. And that's it. EC3 is dead. Yeah. So what was the point? What was the point in all of this? What was the point in bringing EC3 up if you had no plan A? What was the point if you're going to give him his big win and then just look at the house show circuit and be like, I can't work. Let's pin him uh, the following week and give up on him. Like that's an, a two month like a two month period where you've got three steps. And you've just given up. Yeah. And you compare that to Roman. And you compare <laughs> that. <laughs> you compare that to Roman where oh, they were like, he's God. our biggest baby face ever. The yeah. crowd's sure as hell doesn't <laughs> nope. agree. But we're going to keep pushing him like he's the biggest baby face ever. And they are just sticking to their guns. Be like, nope. It's Michael Hayes and that Royal Rumble documentary. It's, it's a burn to the back of my retinas. When he was booed unmercifully at the 2014 Royal Rumble. Mm. where Was it the 2014? No, it wasn't 2014 Royal Rumble. 2015 Royal Rumble, yeah. thank you. And they walk backstage, and you've got Michael Hayes sitting there with his little hat on, and he's just like, you can't book for one city. <laughs> with Roman, I guess. But when it's EC3, no, nah, bury that kid, can't get over as a babyface against the guy that we announced is leaving. It's... Absolutely absurd. But like, it's baffling. Yeah, it really is. It makes zero sense. I, <laughs> I if God forbid I ever get a job with WWE, because I think I'll I'll drive myself insane in that place. We've had like messages on Twitter, and we've had them in the super chats when we do the rambles. We've had them on the Patreon as well, and being like, "Would you take a writing job with WWE?" No, no, absolutely God, no. not. One hundred percent not. No. And someone came that was like, well, "Would you work with NXT?" I was like, "I mean, you'd get there for a while, then you get promoted to the main yeah, roster. Yeah. It's like a gateway drug. Like, I'm not to it. I'm not taking that either. <laughs> you got to have. You got to do a really mediocre job in NXT. Not too bad that you get." <laughs> Fired, not too good that you get promoted to the main roster. You can't be having that. Poor old oh. Ryan Ward, he probably had a whale of a time in NXT. Know, Look at yeah. it now, he's probably eight in life. Oh, God. So it was a fascinating, fascinating interview. I would say it was amazing. It was, it's the most interesting podcast since Punk's. Yeah, absolutely. Since the Punk Cabana podcast. Mm -hmm. This was an, a, a fascinating look inside the inner workings of WWE and kind of like the crazy nonsense that we hear. And it is... As you said, it's vindication for wrestling fans that we were yeah. like, "Oh, cool! So we're not we're not just being whiny, complaining millennials as as bloody WWE like to think that we are. It is just one crazy old man who kn thinks he knows is right, and he is just forcing everyone into his way of thinking." Yeah, it really is, and it is such a shame because yeah. the WWE roster is one of the most talented rosters. In the world, if, oh, yeah. if not the most talented roster in the world, and they've turned them into basic templates of nothingness. They have sapped all the creativity and all the talent from these people and just made them WWE clones. Yeah. 
It's awful. So the question is, is Moxley right about WWE? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That, that's my sum up to this. Yeah, he's right. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, to be honest, in fairness, like I think the ratings would show that as well. Yeah. Ratings took a massive hit for Raw this week. This Raw that you'd have thought, oh, they're going to come out all guns blazing because of Double yeah, or Nothing. After no. Double or Nothing. 90 minutes before we got an actual wrestling match on a three-hour show. It was like it's Nitro back in the day. That's because Vince doesn't care. And he's like, well, we we won the Monday Night Wars before, so we'll just keep doing the same thing for another 40 years. Yeah, yeah. we'll be fine. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you want to submit your question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers over on Patreon and leave a comment in the community section. Do not email me. I will lose it. I'm very bad at this. Also, if you do become one of our pledge hammers, you will get access to compete for this, the prestigious trophy emoji trophy, which goes to the winner of Wrestle League. Three of them went out to the winners of last season, and this one here belongs to Alfredo Laurie Blake, who's currently... Uh, he was the winner of season one in mm. the office. Curse you. Sorry, he's not winning now. No. No, Ollie's. Not anymore. Ollie's in front. For now. Bottom of the class. This guy right here. <laughs>
Uh, you'll also get access to Wrestle Ramble Extra, where Ollie and I review classic pay-per-views from the history books of wrestling uh, for about sort of three to four hours. Uh, and Ramble Club, which we recorded yesterday and went live yesterday, which is going to feature not one, not two, not three, but five members of the Wrestle Talk team. Uh, obviously not Ollie because he's not here on Friday, doing business, business, business stuff. Oh, no, he's not. He's on a stag dude. He's on his bachelor party yes. weekend. Not his bachelor he's party. He's having fun. He's on a bachelor party weekend. Okay. But it is me, Laurie, Randy, housemate Simon, and yourself chatting nonsense for a good hour and a half. Well worth checking out. But anyway, let's get to the mailbag. This one comes in from James Dillon, and it is a longer question than we would normally have. But okay. he does specify. He says, I know this is a longer mailbag, but I try to do as much research as possible so you won't have to Google things live on air. Wow, very uh, considerate of you. Which is very considerate, yeah. yes. <clears throat> Many wrestling fans are counting down the days until Vince McMahon steps away from wrestling to focus on the 2020 XFL revival. Fans are hoping this will be Triple H's golden opportunity to turn WWE around. Now, I think that's presumptuous. It is, a little bit. I, th I, I do agree that I think Vince McMahon probably will put more focus into XFL because the reason he gave for the XFL failing the first time around is that he had his, um, he had his time split between that and WWE. So perhaps there is, but we don't know that Triple H is going to be taken over. A lot of this is presumptions. I think they're pretty strong presumptions, but mm -hmm. thought I'd just put that out there. But I don't think the XFL will last very long. The first run only lasted one season. Last year, we were introduced to the AAF, the Alliance of American Football. This league had eight teams and was scheduled to play a 10-week schedule that would lead into the playoffs. It made it eight weeks before suspending games, firing all of the players, cancelling their medical insurance, and basically abandoning them in whatever city they happened to be playing for. The first run of the XFL was also a failure, even with the rule change that was designed to make the games a more intense experience. That was almost 20 years ago, and now a mixture of science, lawsuits, and players speaking up, the rules are changing in the NFL to make the game safer. If Vince tries to make the game more barbaric, it's going to rival um, in this revival. Sponsors may not respond favorably. My prediction is Vince fronts most of the money himself. The leader is popular in the opening weeks due to curiosity. A couple of weeks in, Vince starts doing Vince things to it to make it more WWE, a tactic that topped the list of criticism of the original run. Today's investors back out because they see the league being actually worse than the AAF, and by 2021, we'll see Vince return to the WWE extremely bitter and panic booking in an attempt to make back some of the money he lost. So with all, with all of that in mind, what's your perfect Sunday? <laughs> well, my perfect Sunday uh, would be lazing in bed with my wife mm -hmm. and then maybe getting up watching an episode of The Good Place with uh, a full English breakfast filled with sausages, some scrambled tofu. Mm -hmm. um, that sounds like a, a good way to spend a Sunday. Nice cup of tea. Yeah, I think uh, mine would probably similar. Mine would just be a, a full Sunday roast because you can't mm. you can't beat a Sunday roast. Cannot beat so, a Sunday roast. Go down the pub for a Sunday roast yeah, as well. Yeah, go, go down the pub, Sunday roast. Come back, watch a film. Yes. Cuddle up. Yeah. Good fun. Watch yep. Ant Man and fall asleep. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Perfect. Uh, but your point is very interesting actually because this is the one thing I don't think a lot of us have considered. I I hadn't considered until uh, James's uh, mailbag question. Mm -hmm. It's Vince's returns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all going like, ah, well, once the XFL runs, ding dong, the witch is dead, yeah. off Vince Pops. But if that all goes nipples north, He's just going to come back. Yeah. And we're back in the same. He's going to come in and be like, the hell are you done here, pal? Yeah. Where's the script? Exactly. And we're back to where we were two years previous. Yeah. I think literally the only thing that might throw a spanner in those plans of Vince coming back and just taking right back over is if it gets dramatically better in the time that Vince is gone. Let's say he goes away to XFL. It lasts for a year. 
tops. Or a season, as they might call a it. A season. We'll get... We'll go for one calendar year to make my maths work. <laughs> uh, he's away for a year. And in that time, Triple H takes over. He does something that makes the program dramatically better. Starts, you know, making stars. Maybe brings up, like, Undisputed Era or something like that. And they change the program. And they get the ratings up dramatically. Let's say they go from, like, what are they on? Like, a one point, well, so Smackdown, one point terrible. Well, SmackDown this week did over 2 million viewers. Cool. Just. just yeah. Um, and Raw did 2.1. 2.1? It was down 13% from the previous week. Okay. So let's say he gets it up to maybe, this is incredibly optimistically speaking, let's say he gets up to like a 3.5 million viewers, something mm. like that, in the time that Vince is gone. Do you think if Vince came back and said, and he came back and he goes, right, what's been going on? 3.5 million viewers. Huh. Doing pretty good. What, you've been do- what have you been doing? And then Vin- I don't get and it. Then, yeah, and Triple H is like, well, we've done this, 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 and this. And Vince is like, huh, we'll keep doing that. Doubtful, <laughs> but you know. Oh, do you think it could happen? I think the only thing that could sway Vince is if ratings were better. If something had dramatically improved, like drastically improved in terms of ratings or profit or something, some sort of number that has increased massively other than people not watching, other than that number, I think that might sway Vince's mind into not doing what yeah. he's done. I but think, yeah, then sorry, again, maybe not. <laughs> I was going to say, I think with WWE at this point, because they've driven off such a huge portion of their audience, like, yeah. and like, and that is driven away viewers mm-hmm. to their product. Yeah. I don't know if it's just going to be a case of Triple H takes over, makes some changes, things improve. I think it is going to, what it's going to take for WWE now is for a star to catch fire. Yeah. I think they're going to have to find that one, they need to find their Steve Austin yep. that captures the imagination of an audience and they just run with that person. I mean, granted, we possibly could have had that with Becky Lynch. We possibly could say, have had it with Kofi Kingston. We had it. So, but I think that with the Becky and Kofi are good examples, but they were, I think even if they hadn't been like, had the sort of like botched runs in the lead up to WrestleMania, Kofi less so, but Becky certainly, neither of them were still breaking into that mainstream the mm. way that Austin did, the way that Austin just became like a megastar. And that's what I mean is they need an Austin level megastar to turn yeah. this ship around. Yeah. I don't know who that could be. Well, maybe it's Adam Cole, baby. Maybe. Uh, He's no jackass. Dano says, a quick question for you. What are your thoughts on Moxley's appearance on Talk is Jericho? And what's your perfect Sunday? Thanks for a grand weekend. (laughs) Not making that up. We genuinely had two mailbag questions that ended with what's your perfect Sunday. That's amazing. Uh, But yeah, I I thought Moxley was great. It was a really, really fascinating. I mean, we've already covered it in detail, but it was great. It's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Brendan M says, how do I get my lady partner to look at me the way Luke looks at Hangman Page at the WrestleGate Pro Show? <laughs> Love the content. Keep up the consistent consistency. Man, get some cowboy boots. That's what it is. Do some cowboy shit. You said the word there. Do some cowboy poop. Uh, Razman's Reality has said, I've been thinking about what Hulk Hogan did for WCW back in the day. Now, I, I do want to preface this. So, We've got a backlog of mailbag questions because we didn't mm. do a magazine show last week because we were doing right. the Double or Nothing live stream. So Raz, Raz's question here, and I think a couple of others might have come before um, Double or Nothing took, like, took place. So okay. bear that in mind. Um, I've been thinking about what Hulk Hogan did for WCW back in the day for bringing in casual fans. Does AEW have someone out there can do this for them either Saturday or when their TV starts? There might be an obvious candidate for this that I'm not thinking, but the only person I could think of would be CM Punk, but he's been gone for so many years now in the mainstream. Would those fans really care to see him? John Moxley, I don't think, is big enough to be that guy in their eyes. What do you guys think? So I would say with AEW is... They are not looking to find someone who can come in and be that star like WCW did with Hogan. 
they are looking to create that star. Exactly. Their whole deal is about signing these names that you might not know. We've got some names that the hardcore wrestling fans will know, like your Omegas, your Young Bucks, your Pages, and things like that. But they've also signed a lot of guys that you might not have heard of. Mm. But the aim being, you will know these names. And one of those guys or girls might catch fire and become their Hulk Hogan. Exactly, yeah. I, I think, yeah, WCW's whole thing originally, well, I say this, I wasn't around at the time. This is what I've heard <laughs> was happening. Oh, were you born again, Pete? 1993. Oh, right. So I would have been a bit young yeah. for the Monday Night Wars. The year of Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's what that's what 99, 1993 <laughs> is well known for. Um, yeah, what, what I've heard WCW aim to do was from the get-go, they wanted to be... They wanted to beat WWF. That was the thing. They they didn't just want to be like, oh, we're just competition, you know, just friendly rivalry or whatever. It was like, no, we need to we need to kill these guys. We need to beat them at their own game. So we're gonna take all the talent we can. We're gonna get Hogan. We're gonna get all these mainstream stars. And we're gonna make WCW the best thing that's out there. WWF will die off. AEW's thing, and that's a lot of what talent have said. This is what Tony Khan has said. They've just said we just want an alternative to WWE. We want to do what we know is wrestling, because mm-hmm. what WWE is doing isn't wrestling. We want to put on wrestling. Yeah. So, And I think they, they're not looking, while they've got Chris Jericho, while they've got John Moxley, while they've got Cody Rhodes, all these former WWE guys, that's not their, it's not the be-all and end-all. These are just guys that are frustrated in WWE who want to do their own thing and who yeah. want to wrestle. They're not looking to poach some stars from WWE and be like, look, we've got WWE guys, aren't we great? Sure, it's nice to have one or two or three to you know get their their name out to some people who might help discover the brand, but the idea behind it is to put on some good wrestling shows, yeah, not that's to exactly. kill WWE. <clears throat> well, that's exactly it, and I think like they would like it if WWE were to stay in business because that's mm. competition. Competition drives people to be to be the best version of themselves. Exactly, yeah. And in reality, the only person that AEW could get that would be like that Hogan level guy is Cena. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally and, it. And it's not like John Cena is going to go to AEW. Not John a Cena to AEW confirmed. It's very unlikely at this point. So yeah. I, I think that's probably the only guy that you can get that's Hogan level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Derek Jones asks, Kofi Kingston will, um, uh, with each win, will become more and more confident, especially by beating Brock Lesnar. Over time, he will slowly turn heel as he becomes obsessed with being the greatest WWE champion possible, claiming the New Day is holding him back, trying to brutalize his opponents on the show uh, to show his superiority. Thought. No. Nope. Uh, nope. No, thank you. I do not want to see heel Kofi Kingston as WWE champion. I do not want to see the New Day break up. The act is fine. We don't yep. need a big E heel turn. We don't need a New Day heel turn. The act is fine. If you want to break up New Day, which I don't think you should, if you want to break them up, then just have them go, this has been fun. We'll go our separate ways. Yeah. And that's it. You don't need a heel turn. No. That's it. Just have them all be faces and go off on the separate ways, or just keep them together because they're better. And also, as well, like we, I mean, the top of the show have been talking about like a lot of WWE stars. Uh, we didn't actually go into Meltzer had this very interesting quote um, on Wrestling Observer Radio. Let me just grab it for you now. Not googling live on air. It was in my script. There's way more wrestlers that you are not aware of. He was talking about the amounts of people who are looking for alternatives because they're also creatively frustrated the same way the Moxley was. His quote was, uh, there are way more wrestlers that you are not aware of. I would go as far to say that there are very few people, you can count them on one or two hands, that have not at least inquired regarding what's outside, including names that would shock you. So that is, and uh, so I'm thinking there with that that question, do you know who's happy at the moment? Probably New Day. Do you know what's not going to make them happy? Splitting them up and having (laughs) them work against each other. Yeah. 
which is exactly the kind of thing that WWE would do. <laughs> uh, Lorenzo Hayes says, to, uh, to Luke, why are you so mean to Randy? Uh, I like you on the panel a lot because I agree with your opinions on wrestling a lot and you seem really cool, but ever since Randy came in, you've been kind of mean. I hope you don't get mad at this question because I still like you a lot and think you're awesome. Well, thank you, Lorenzo. It's weird, I've been painted with this brush that I'm the mean one to Randy. <laughs> Anyone, if you listen to this podcast, Ollie installed the rule that you're not allowed to say hello to him if you email in. Indeed, I didn't install that rule. No, that was all Ollie. That That was all Ollie. Ollie's way meaner than I am. And I'm not mean to Randy, (laughs) so let's just put that one on record. I'm very nice to him. Uh, We're not mean to Randy, really. It's just, um, it's a bit, it was a way to get him over. It was a meme, and it's worked. is what it was. It was a meme. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Cooley says, "Hello, WrestleTalk and Swaff Nation. Uh, Ollie and Luke, if you if there was a decision to arise in the fall, which option would you choose? Option one: still watch WWE and put out the same content and cover AEW along with it, or option two: only cover AEW in independent shows such as New Japan, Ring of Honor, and others. No watching WWE except maybe NXT because that's still good, and come up with other content to release on WrestleTalk. Mm. If option two is chosen, would it be easy to break away from WWE Vortex and not be conditioned to?" watch WWE program every week. I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch SmackDown this week and it was the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely was. I woke yeah. up, didn't even think, better watch SmackDown. Yeah. Didn't even think, probably better read what happened on SmackDown. Yeah. Or watch the clips. I just, I woke up and was like, nah, I'm not watching it. Yeah. And because I didn't have to. And it was terrific. Yeah. I mean, so if we had our, our own way, I think we would probably pick option two and just cover AW, cover independent shows and we'd be happy as Larry. Problem is... We do need to make some sort of money. <laughs> well, no, I, it's not just that sort of because you are right. Like it's, but the thing with AEW and covering New Japan and Ring of Honor is what you're doing with that is you're shutting out those people that do like WWE exactly. and want and do watch WWE regularly and yeah. want to hear our thoughts on the WWE product. And there are people out there who are diehard WWE fans. Absolutely. And so you can't just sever that audience, which I would argue is. 75% of our audience, you yep. can't just sever them off and ignore what they want from this channel. So we're going to have to still cover WWE, even if we don't like it, which often enough, which often I don't. Yeah. We're still going to have to cover it because that is our bread and butter. And exactly. that's what our that's what the majority of our audience wants to see. It's what the channel is built off. Exactly. That's what yeah. the fan base is. And you can see that when we did, like when we do our live streams, WWE ones did very, very well. The NXT one did very, very well. We did New Japan Ring of Honor. No one watched it. Yeah. The number is embarrassing compared to what WrestleMania and TakeOver did. Absolutely mm-hmm. embarrassing. And that was their biggest show in, in, the, in, in the West. In, like, ever. Yeah. Right? And the whole chat was just filled with people talking about the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So even in the chat... For a show for New Japan and Ring of Honor, people were still talking about WWE and just letting us know what was happening at the Hall of Fame. It's crazy. So I, I think I think when when we're in this bubble and we're on like the the internet fans, and of course the people that will you know message in and the people that will email in, generally they're going to be the more hardcore fans, and generally they're going to know about the independency and they're going to know about New Japan and AEW and stuff like that. Just yesterday, I went with my friend to um, to CrossFit. I tried CrossFit for the first time yesterday. Brag. Um, it was my legs are feeling it. Um, and she uh, had only kind of recently got back into WWE, and then she kind of fell off a bit. And then she was talking to me yesterday about it, and she is super back into WWE again. And she was just like, oh, yeah, I heard about AEW, heard about Double or Nothing, but I like, haven't watched it or anything. But then she's like, oh, I'm such a massive fan of Braun Strowman and uh, all that stuff. All this WWE stuff. And then it's moments like those when you realize it's just like, wow, I really am like a small percentage of wrestling fans where I know about like all of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> 
we, yeah, you we, need to focus on that WWE. We met a really section. nice guy. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we, were that, we met a really nice guy at the Prince Charles show we mm. did uh, when we did Ready to Rumble who said, why don't you cover more British wrestling? I was like, well, we'd love to. Yeah. Like, and that, that's kind of part of the, with the WrestleGate Pro thing that we're trying to do and like support independent wrestling. It's like, we want to be able to do more of that. Problem is, if we just completely changed our business model and focused solely on that, ratings for our show would absolutely plummet yeah, because would. it appeals to a much, much smaller audience than WWE. And we talk about how WWE's ratings are falling. It's still 2 million viewers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still the most watched wrestling on the planet. Yeah. So you are going to have to cater for that, even if we don't like it. So to yeah. answer your question, uh, Dwayne, we'll most likely we'll still be covering WWE. Oh, yeah. Um, but what I would say about AEW to put them over a little bit more, one of the things that thrilled me about our Double or Nothing live stream, that got the same level of numbers that WrestleMania did. Fantastic. Same level of engagement. So that says to us, when we're watching this and when we do AEW videos, they do similar numbers to WWE ones, that that is one, that is a company that when they launch on TV in October, you, we will want to do weekly, particularly as well, because SmackDown's moving to Friday and I'm not coming in on a Saturday. Exactly. Uh, Owen asks, um, who do you think had the most successful push on the main roster from where they were in NXT to where they are now? If they were top in NXT and were top now in the same position. I think Elias, he pretty much had, uh, as a nothing guy, is now one of Raw and SmackDown's frequently used stars. Hang on. So uh, if they were at NXT to where they are now, if they were on top in NXT and on top in Raw, they're in the same position. So ah, I see what you're saying. Someone improved the most. Yeah. Elias yeah. is definitely that. Uh, Lacey uh, Evans is another one. I'd say Alexa Bliss. Yeah, uh, Alexa Bliss is a great shout. Yeah. like they, She went from an undercard women's talent or a manager with uh, Blake and Murphy. Mm -hmm. And then pretty much straight away, she was SmackDown Women's Champion in yeah. like a month. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Being hot and blonde, it certainly helps. Uh -huh. uh, Alex Kirkman says, uh, so listen to this and bear with me. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. It's one of those questions. Yeah. In a few months, when the 24-7 belt is a bit more established, mm. Mm, uh, give it to someone strong, for example, Braun Strowman. Then, mm. and let's just imagine he signed a t uh, deal where he's on TV every week, Brock Lesnar cashes in money in the bank <laughs> and wins the 24-7 belt. So then every week, uh, Yeah, then every week you can have a different kind of matches. Week by week, everyone tries to cash, uh, tries to beat him. There would be an interest in the belt and people could use the belt uh, different methods to try and win. It would be like the John Cena Open Challenge and a mini-taker-esque streak as one-by-one -one wrestlers try to take it from him. It'll last a few months until he loses uh, to someone strong with interference or in order to start a feud. Pro thoughts, I'll stand by for the backlash. I think people are putting far too much stock into the 24-7 title. It yeah. is a joke belt. It's a nothing belt. It is a nothing belt. It was something for the lower mid-carders to do because WWE just didn't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. So it is only for... If you are if you are at a certain level, if you are at a Finn Balor-style level, you are not within an arse's roar of that 24-7 belt because it is yep. way, way below your station. Yep. You've only got to look at when... They had Drew McIntyre, Elias, and Shane McMahon in the ring. Who's the one who pinned him? Elias, the lowest person on that pecking order that's in the ring. Drew didn't want the belt. Shane didn't want the belt. They gave it to Elias because it's a joke belt. Mm -hmm. And then later on in the night, Roman could have won it. But then he said, no, I want our truth to win I it. do not want to have that belt. <laughs> truth, you take it. I do not want to lower myself to, this, to the level of this belt. So, yeah, uh, let's, let's just put a pin in this. The 24-7 yeah. title is a joke. Yeah. It is just there to be a punchline. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm pretty sure that the Money in the Bank contract states it has to be a world title that you cash in for. So that's Universal and WWE and no others. Yeah. So... Maybe NXT. Uh, John Smith, uh, what has been your favorite debate slash moment on the Wrestle Ramble podcast intros and outros? Oh, there's quite a few to choose oh, from. Civil Wardrobe was a good one. Civil Wardrobe was great. Uh, uh, great? Great is what yeah. it was. 
We've got we've currently got the alarm uh, debate going on between people choosing to snooze. And I've f- not been able to. Oh, the alarm! See, I heard the very beginnings of the alarm debate, but I've not been able to listen to any podcast <laughs> in forever, so I don't know about the alarm debate and what other people have been yeah, saying well, about I mean, it. It's raging on with people with various different opinions on how you should use an alarm to to get up in the okay. morning. Okay. Um, oh, what's what's another good one I just thought of then? Ah, well, Ollie's hatred of um, people using the term walking as exercise. <laughs> oh. I mean, I've already shared my opinion about that on the NXT uh, ramble occasionally. Yes, yeah. Ollie, Ollie thinks that uh, walking is not exercise, and people have been emailing and, in a lot to say that he's wrong. And he is wrong. <laughs> so we've had uh, some good debates. I particularly enjoyed the Civil Wardrobe, because Civil that, was, wardrobe. that was one where I knew I was wrong, yeah. but I was just <laughs> but continually arguing my corner <laughs> that I was right. Even See, though the I'm... thing is... So remind me again the, the key points from the Civil Wardrobe. Civil Wardrobe, uh, a standardized size for clothes. So I don't have to go in and be like, a 32 in this uh, shop is not a 32 in this shop. Or a 32 in this jean in this same shop is the different to a 32 in short in the same shop. Yeah. Like that is demonstrably stupid. I agree with you. Yes. <laughs> I am on Luke's side in the Civil Wardrobe. It is so silly. Anyway. It is very uh, silly. Uh Icarali uh, says, which wrestler would you like to host the Wrestle Ramble with? Wrestler would I like to host the Wrestle Ramble with? David Starr would be fun. David Starr would be very fun. David um, Starr would be great. Zack Sabre Jr. I just, I just really want to be friends with Xavier Zach Sabre Woods. Jr. Xavier Woods would be great. Yeah, if we're going WWE, really Xavier, like absolutely, Xavier Woods would be an incredible shout. Mm. Oh, he'd be amazing. Having yeah. him on Screen Stalker would be so much It'd fun. It'd be so much fun. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. We'll put a call in. Xavier, call me. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Marine said, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else who I'd like to have uh, on. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle would be Oh, fun. Riddle would be great, yeah. Yeah. He's wrestle Talk fan, Matt Riddle. He is a wrestle. He is, absolutely. Yeah. Keith Lee as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Keith Lee would love to be on this show. Uh, hi, Luke and Ollie. I don't imagine Pete. Uh, I was thinking of a way to change up Raw and try to boost lower card talent instead of a 24-7 belt. They should just book straight up exhibition matches with the lower card in between main segments of the show. Where just before, the match would have a 30-second non-scripted promo on screen to put themselves and their exhibition match over. Then maybe have their entrances. I think it's a great way to boost up lower mid-card and who knows, maybe get some of them over. Plus, you get more wrestling on the wrestling shows. Thoughts? Good. Like it. Why don't they do this anyway? Like Simple idea. It's literally that. It's just like, yeah, exhibition match. If they just say, you've got five, ten minutes, go have fun. Yeah. Like the, like we were saying before when we were talking about the, the Moxie podcast and stuff, these are wrestlers. They're creative. They know their characters. They know what looks good. They know what looks bad. They know what works for them. They know what doesn't work for them. Work out a match between two people and let them go nuts. They will get over. We've seen it so many bloody times. We saw it with Kofi Kingston earlier in the year. He got over because of a gauntlet match. It was an in-ring segment that Mm -hmm. got him over. We've seen it with, uh, like, Cesaro and Ricochet now. People are like, oh, these guys are great. It's like, yeah, because they're really good wrestlers. Wrestling gets people over. Please do more wrestling. I think it's a great idea. It's also a way to maybe one of these guys will catch fire. Yeah, exactly. And the crowd will really get behind them. Like, a Chad Gable would really benefit from something like this. Just go in there and and announce it. It's like, this has a 10-minute time limit. Mm -hmm. And you can build storylines off the back of that. Exactly. Look at, like, Buddy Murphy. His entire run, he got over because he was a really great wrestler during his Cruiserweight Championship run. Mm-hmm. And now he's on SmackDown and never to be seen again. Is but he on SmackDown? Supposed to be on SmackDown. <laughs> never to be seen again, but he got over during that time. And everyone was looking forward to Buddy Murphy matches because he's really bloody good. Buddy Murphy is this year's sanity. 
<laughs> yeah, he really he's is. Yeah. He's been two months, still not debuted. No. He'll come in and then... Apart from in an ad break, which we don't see. Yeah, he'll be quickly forgotten about. Poor yeah. old Buddy Murphy. I know. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Noble says, you're in charge of AEW talent acquisition and you're given the budget and the way to bring in any 10 WWE contracted wrestlers personnel for uh, AEW. That's five each. Who do you bring across? Given the budget and the way to bring so in ca- any 10 WWE guys. Well, five each. I'm counting um, tags as one. Okay, yeah. Revival Usos. Yep. Uh, I'm thinking Gargano. I'm thinking Seth. And I'm thinking Ricochet. Okay. Oh, Orange <laughs> Who? No, okay, so I had Revival Usos. Who was my third one? Um, Gargano. 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 Okay, I'm going to take out Seth. Okay. I'm going to have Andrade instead. Okay. Andrade and Ricochet. Cool. Trying not to repeat everything that you just said, because I also want most of those. Uh, <laughs> well, it's fine, because it's a combined list. But it said ten, and it's five Wait, each. Yeah, five each, to make ten. Okay, right. So it is a combined list. Kevin Owens. Yep. Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommaso Ciampa, if he's good enough to, to wrestle, eventually. Um, I'll go Seth, because you took him out. Um, uh, let's think. Chad Gable. Chad Gable's a great show, yeah. Mm. There's names on there that we could have, like Alistair Black's a name that we didn't get. Alistair Matt Bla- Riddle, Keith Lee. Yeah. There is an, this company has an incredible <laughs> roster of so talent. We didn't even mention any, we didn't mention any of the women wrestlers. Shayna Baszler, I'd have loved to have taken across. Yeah. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey. I'd love to see them all across. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway. So much talent. Uh, Robert Ray says, uh, first, I would like to thank you for making my nine hour trip to and from London to watch the WWE the other week with the classic pay-per-views. Forgot to say thank you. You're very bloody welcome. Uh, who would you say has the best roster, TNA 2005 to Hogan Bischoff era or the early life of AEW? As TNA uh, was WWE's big competitor in the mid 2000s, now AEW is likely to be the next big wrestling competitor to the WWE. So you're looking at TNA 2005 era up to the Hogan Bischoff era. So you got guys in there like Styles, Joe, Daniels, Angle, Sting, Jarrett, um, Amazing Red, Shark Boy, Abyss, um, Judas Macias. Um, <laughs> not everyone was great. Christian. They had a very very strong lineup, particularly because they had the likes of I, I would say that that almost holy holy trinity of AJ Daniels and Joe. Mm-hmm. And that amazing unbreakable match, and they were really sort of like amped up the exhibition. They took what ROH were doing and put it on a, a slightly bigger platform. Actually, a much bigger platform. So I would say they had a very, very good lineup, particularly because no one was doing that sort of wrestling mm-hmm. in WWE. Yeah. It's very hard to compare, really, that to like AEW's roster now. because, And I, the reason why I say it's so difficult is because wrestling is such a different landscape now. Whereas TNA were doing that on like a, you know, a pretty big scale and a lot of eyes getting onto that product. There are hundreds of promotions that are doing all of this now. It's just that, and they're doing it so, so well. Wrestling is on another level to what it was 10, 15 years ago. And there's just a lot more of it. It's very difficult to, to, to decide. I know, yeah. And I mean, the, the AEW roster currently, it's got some absolutely top stars in it. You know, Kenny Omega and Young Bucks and Lucha Bros. And you've got uh, Jericho and now Moxley and Rhodes and Dustin. And there's lots and lots of people. But I still think where AEW's strength lies is more in the unknowns than it is the stars. There's all these people that obviously they have the faith in to sign to their company. So I don't think AEW's strength comes from having multiple top guys. It's having a huge undercard of also strong talent. 
I wasn't around for TNA 2005, so I'm not sure what kind of, you know, their undercard guys were like. But I would say probably that AEW's current one is stronger throughout rather than being so top-heavy, if that makes sense. And I, to your point, and I'm going to agree with you, I'm going to pick AEW in this because, mm-hmm. as I said, like wrestling is on another level to what it was 10, 15 years ago. And AEW is at the top of that game with the yeah. talent that they've got. So yeah. I think it's going to be a very, very strong roster. Uh, Ryan Zovko says, uh, my question is one of the best wrestling promotions that put their matches to watch online for free. I want to branch out just watching WWE's rest, uh, the WWE wrestling bubble. But as I just graduated from college and therefore ball in on a budget, I'd appreciate the guidance. Love and appreciate all the content you guys put out. It makes my time grinding out to become a Rocket League coach that much more enjoyable. I haven't told you how much I hate Rocket League. What a save <laughs> from that advert. Why do you hate Rocket League? It's just a boring game. <laughs> and I know people get really narky at me when I say this, and mm. like when I mention this on, on videos and stuff, but like it doesn't require that much skill. Like It's yeah. very much based on luck. Yeah, I mean, there's probably some skill in it, but I can think of other more skillful games off the top of my yeah. head. I, I, Tiddlywinks being one of them. I, I am not a fan of the old Rocket League. <laughs> uh, not to downplay your ability, your your wants to be a Rocket League coach. Um, best of luck to you. But the question about best wrestling promotions that put their matches out for free is difficult because I don't know if there are like that many that are putting full matches online free. OTT will like put some stuff out. Um, Ref Pro will put some stuff out. Uh, Defiant does Defiant it. Defiant do it a lot, yeah. yeah. And it, but it's usually like a, a month after it is. So if you're trying mm. to like keep up to it on a week-to-week basis, which I think people within a WWE bubble like to be able to do, that's when it becomes very difficult because mm. you end up sort of 30 days behind the current storylines or, or anything like that. So the question is, it's just, I would say, find out wrestlers that you've heard about that you want to see more of mm-hmm. and search for those. Yeah. Because then you might find places that they worked and that might lead you on to other matches that that company does. So rather than start with the company, start with the star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm pretty sure if you did want like a week to week one, I know uh, Defiance current season, I think, is about to come to a close, but I'm pretty sure they do four weeks of, of tapings uh, in one go and then release them week on week. And then the next lot, they'll release week on week. So I'm pretty sure that's a continuous mm-hmm. um, set if you wanted like a full storyline of it. But I think that's their next season about to come to a close. So yeah, who knows? Maybe go with Defiant. Yeah. Uh, Owen Newton says, I have a theory, hard to explain. Raw and SmackDown are not designed to be watched weekly. If they're averaging 2 million viewers a week, but probably have around 6 million fans, mostly casual, then in theory, Raw and SmackDown are being watched on average once every three weeks. I don't know if that math sure works out. It's like if they have 2 million viewers a week, but they probably have around, around 6 million, million fans. fans. That's, that's where your maths falls that's down That's a number just pl- plucked out of nothing yeah. right there. Uh, yeah, uh, you're starting to lose me a bit here, Owen. Uh, then in theory, Raw and SmackDown are being watched on average once every three weeks. I think this is why uh, they book the shows to be repetitive. It's to allow the casual fan to catch up. They only concentrate on the hardcore fans, loyal fans. They would lose a larger portion of their viewers' thoughts. I'm sorry. Disagree. I, I'm going to disagree only because this six million fans you have just created yeah out of nothingness and also if uh shows aren't designed to be watched weekly (laughs) that's a whole lot of tv shows that you're not supposed to watch weekly like game of thrones can't watch that one weekly like yeah uh yeah i'm sorry i can't get on board with that theory 
Uh, Ryan B says, do you think that the Kevin Dunn line was a shot at AEW for some of their bad camera work? No, I think it was to get no. heel heat for Shane McMahon because he was praising a guy that the hardcore audience doesn't like. Yeah, that's exactly right. Juan Gabriel says, uh, so this Saturday is my birthday and I get one hell of a birthday gift. One, it's TakeOver 25. Two, I don't have to work uh, on uh, neither that day or Sunday. And three, I get WrestleTalk News, the Saturday podcast. And four, I just moved to a new place and I'll be having a small party. My mailbag question is thus. Do you think Undisputed Era should win every match at TakeOver 25 to solidify their claim from the beginning of the year? Thank you for always being amazing and making me feel like I'm part of a bigger family. P.S. Annie is my favorite lad from the office and Chopper Pete is my number two guy. Love you guys. Heart emoji, kiss face emoji. Uh, well, I mean, I hope they win two of the three and I hope it's the two of the three that I guessed. Yeah, uh, I've, got, I've got a theory that I don't think I talked about when we did predictions. Um, so I've put all of Undisputed Era to lose at this show. But I still think they're going to win all the titles. And I think that'll be at the next takeover. They'll find their ways. They'll worm their ways into title matches and stuff. When they're actually competing for all of the titles, that's when they'll win. Because currently, Strong isn't vying for a title. So I think they need to have all of all of them vying for titles in the same night. That's when they'll do it. And they get all the titles in one night. Interesting. Mm. I'm still hoping that my predictions so, are right because I need the points. Cole Gargano 3 is where Cole wins. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Crinius says, rank from bad to worst. <laughs> bad to worst. Amazing. Uh, I mean, he's talking about stable names. Dogs of War, the welcoming committee, Baron Corbin's mid-card of evil, the Omnishane and his lackeys. Or maybe they just mean like the actual the stables. The actual, actual themselves. factions themselves. Yeah. So Dogs of War was Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, and Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. The welcoming committee oh. was... Charlotte, no, no, N she wasn't. Natalia? She was on the good guys. Natalia, Carmella, T and Tamina, Tamina, and Lana. Oh, was it four of them? I think it was okay. four of them. Right. Baron Corbin's mid card of evil, which we was know. Baron, Drew, and Bobby, Bobby Lashley, Bobby Splashley, and the Omni Shane, which is currently Shane, Shane Drew, Drew, and Elias. Elias, poor old Drew. <laughs> Drew. They got four. <laughs> we got four groups here, and he's a part of bloody all of them, and he's not the leader in any of them. What a terrible Ridiculous. run that he's had. Um, I mean, I'm going to put the welcoming committee at the bottom of all this because they were completely pointless. I, they were so pointless, they managed to make the League of Nations look like they had a point. I know, yeah. At least they feuded with Roman. Genuinely, if someone said to me at one point, like this was, I think before I started working here, I didn't really know that the welcoming committee existed. <laughs> that, that's how bad it was. They, weren't, they were barely ever like mentioned yeah. on TV. It was like, did you know that the welcoming committee had, uh, existed? Say what now? <laughs> that was basically Who? at a time. It was when I first started doing SmackDown reviews, mm. and like my biggest criticism was like every they've got one women's segment, and it's all the women are in this segment. That's where SmackDown women Smackdown standing women in a row come from. Standing they, in a row. All their segments were just all of them standing in a row talking about what six woman tag they're going to have this week and what six woman tag they're going to have at the pay per view. Every one of them were all involved in the same storyline. It was it's actually ridiculous. hilariously rubbish. It is awful. So I'm going to um, put I'm going to put the welcoming committee at the bottom. Um, Omni Shane next only because they've only just started Agreed. so let's see how long that lasts and then I'm going to say Baron Corbin's mid-card of evil and I'm going to say the dogs of war are the best of a bad lot because at we, least they had yeah. a point yeah we have exactly the same list although it did ruin Braun somewhat yes it did and uh, this is our last question. It comes from Luke, who says, Hey, guys, I'm responding to a response to my original question from last week. So this is, we had an email, or a message, rather, for the mailbag a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was maybe about a month ago now, about mm. talking about uh, trying to vote Vince McMahon out of a position of power okay. on the board of directors. And we had someone email right. it on the podcast to kind of give sort of a business background as to why that can't happen. And it's all sponsored. Business, business, business. Business, business, business. Are you buying any of this? Yes. Hooray! 
Yay. Right. I, I, that, and so this is going to be very much business, business, business. Cool. I'm responding to a response to my original question from last week regarding pushing VINs out of unloading shares. I'm actually a business major, an accounting major, so I know it won't happen and it won't make WWE worse off. Hmm. Okay, I know it, it won't it happen would. and it won't... And it would, sorry, and it would make WWE worse off because sponsors would leave and the company would lose money. My thought was the board pushing this idea that if Vince doesn't, uh, didn't step down as lead creative, that they would offload their shares. That was my theory, not that they would just start doing it, but instead it would be to force him out by threatening to kill WWE by killing their stock value. Uh, they won't do this though because WWE is making them so much money that they don't care about the end product on TV. Sorry for the long comment, but wanted to clear this up to keep up the consistently great content. And that's the key to it. That's the point I was going to make is that... It doesn't matter how bad the TV product is because the shareholders just want to make the, they just want to know that they're making money. Exactly. It's like with people who have stocks and shares in Ubisoft, don't care if their games suck. Yeah. Because they make money either way. Exactly. They just want to make money. Yeah. And it, I, you know, Anthem was a big pile of pants. Doesn't matter. The people yeah. who are running the company make all the money. Mm-hmm. Or running the company make all the money and all their shareholders make all the money. So actually, everything's a-okay. It doesn't matter that the gamers had a terrible time playing their exactly. rubbish game. They yeah. got money. Yay! Yep. Hey. I wouldn't say that's a sustainable business model, but you know, <laughs> for the short term, it's good. But, you know, WWE have made, for, for everything that could be said about the Saudi Arabia deal, and boy howdy, is there a lot to be said about Ooh, it. Oh, there's a lot. Oh, there's a lot to be said about it. It has made them untold amount of money. A stupid amount of money. A stupid amount of money. So their shareholders are just like, Vince is a genius. Yeah. Vince literally is a genius. Look at all this money I'm currently... I am Scrooge McDuck diving into a vault full of money. Yeah. And that is because Vince made this genius business deal on paper. Yeah. Now it opens up a can of worms about various other different things. But if you're a shareholder, you don't care. Because you've made the money. And really, money is the driving force because corporations are evil. If it felt like our outro portion of that intro was a bit rushed, it's because it is so hot in this room. (laughs) It's sweltering. I just noticed it because you just took your hat off. (laughs) And I suddenly realized, like, yeah, it is hot in here, isn't it? (laughs) It's really hot. I don't know what's happened to this place. I I I guess because it's such a self-contained room. Mm. And it is just so, so... it's so hot in here. I know. I don't know what it's going to be Ridiculous. like if we get another heat wave this year. I know. I it's don't know what it's going to be like. Do- like doing an hour and a half show in here when we do the rambles and stuff. Oh, even like at nighttime, it's still really hot. So doing like live reactions or like SummerSlam or something. Oh, dude. Double or Nothing was the sweatiest yeah, experience I've had in here. Like it was a five hour live stream. And we were just sweating so, so much yeah. by the end of it because it gets ludicrously hot in this room. I don't understand. Like, I don't know why. There's either. no form of heating in no, here. No, absolutely not. We've got, we've got a know. fan that does nout. <laughs> the, the fan just blows hot air around. We're going to have to bring the other fan in as well. Yeah, like, I like so. double team it. Yeah. Because we can't have the AC on either because the AC is like, it's up there. Oh, so God. it's by the microphones. Yeah, so you're yeah, just going to yeah. have this <laughs> if we have it on. Yeah. So we have to turn it off while we're recording. Shocking. Anyway, anywho, so we're going to Birmingham. I'm very, I'm super, super duper excited. Mm. I'm genuinely very excited for this evening as well. We're recording this on a Friday Mm. because Pete, Laurie and my friend Tom are coming over to my house. We're going to have lads and beers and lads and games and we're going to play some Switch. And I'm 
I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. It's probably the best part of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm super stoked. And then we're going to go off to Birmingham tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're going to uh, have some beers and pizza and, and whatnot. This, uh, Cannot this wait. Playing some Switch, playing some games. It's going to mm. be terrific. Yep. Super stoked for uh, for Games Expo as well. I think it's going to yeah, be yeah. a lot of fun. It's going to be up. So much fun. So, so much fun. Uh, but I'm afraid we are going to have to cut this outro short. Let me just check. I haven't got any emails uh, to read out. Um, actually, no, I'm going to read out this email that comes from Jackson. And it says, um, hello, mate. You probably won't see this, but I just want to say keep up the good work with Talk. I discovered you guys almost two years ago, and I'm glad I did because I was going through a rough patch and wrestling videos took my mind off everything. Love the combo of you and Ollie. This is an email directly to me, I'm guessing. Uh, and I always have a good time watching. I plan on becoming a pledge hammer soon. I would love nothing more than to support Talk. Thanks again. Give my hello to the crew from me that's from jackson in canada thank you very much wow, for your message thank jackson. you very much thank you very much you're very very bloody welcome um let's have some jokes to round this things off james dylan who had emailed in on the um mailbags you'd have heard um a blonde walks into the bar and says i'll have 15 bartender says sorry i don't know that one blonde replies you know a seven and a seven okay uh, Shivam says, uh, hello, uh, Luke, Laurie, and Oliver. Did you know that Randy Orton has a reputation as the best person in WWE to borrow money from? They call him the Apex Creditor. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's actually genuinely quite I like good. that one. Uh, Vinny, or Vinny Shway has emailed in 20. Read that. 20 bad jokes. So let's have a oh couple of God. these. Okay. Uh, here are some of his favorites. Hope you haven't heard them already. Two antennas met on a roof. Fell in love and got married. Said it really wasn't much, but the reception the was reception incredible. Was <laughs> yeah, heard that one. Jumper cable walks into a bar. Bartender's, bartender says, I'll serve you, uh, but I'll serve you, but don't start anything. That's how you tell them, folks. Uh, what do you call a fish with no eyes? Fish. Two oh, yeah. fish swim into a concrete wall. One fish turns to the other and says, Damn. <laughs> Good, Good one. one. Missing dwarf uh, escaped from a jail. The call went out. There was a small medium at large. <laughs> That's good. Man walked into a bar with a slab of asphalt under his arm. He tells the bartender, a beer, please, and one for the road. Hey. Horse walks into a bar. Several people got up and left as they spot a potential danger of the situation. <laughs> That's good. Um, I still remember the last words my grandpa said before he kicked the bucket. He said, how far do you think I can, how far do you think I can kick <laughs> this bucket? bucket? That's very good. Yes. An owl and a squirrel are sitting in a tree. They both watch a farmer walk by. The owl turns to the squirrel and says nothing because owls can't talk. The owl then eats the squirrel because it's a bird of prey. <laughs> I love anti-jokes. They're my favorite. What are ninja's favorite type of shoes? Sneakers. Uh, yeah, should have uh, What one. did one plate say to the other? Lunch is on me. <laughs> What did the wall say to the ceiling? I'll meet you at the corner. <laughs> What's brown and rhymes with Snoop? Oh, I'm not reading that punchline. That's terrible. <laughs> I broke my arm. Oh, that's dreadful, Vinny. You should be ashamed of yourself for that one. <laughs> I broke my arms in two places. You know what the doctor said? Stay out of those places. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. That's very good. Man is getting a checkup. The doctor says, you have to stop masturbating. The guy says, why? The doctor tells him, because I'm trying to examine you. <laughs> <laughs> That's also very good. Knock knock, who's there? Oh no, knock knock. Who's there? Little old lady. Little old lady who? I told you, uh, I didn't know you could yodel. <laughs> knock knock. Who's there? Two. Two who? I think you mean to whom. <laughs> Did you hear about the new movie called Constipation? No, it's because it's not out yet. Hey. And lastly, how many Freudians does it take to screw in a light bulb? Two, one to screw in the light bulb, one to hold the penis. I mean the ladder. One to hold the ladder. 
Thank you so much stuff. for your jokes and all of your correspondence. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week for the Wrestle Ramble. Um, possibly even with NXT TakeOver 25 Wrestle mm. Ramble review, but Ollie's not here, so I can't make that executive decision. But I hope so. Take care, I love you, goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.